Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is so good to be in your house this morning. And you are what make this house a home. Because without you, we're nothing but a structure, lumber put together with nails and screws. But Lord God, where two or three are gathered, you are there also. And your church, your church is here today, this morning. We, we're, your church is here proclaiming you, worshiping you, asking for your guidance, your wisdom, praying for your will, looking for your return. So Lord, be glorified in this house today. In all that we say, what we speak, what we think, what we confess and profess, be glorified. Lord, we hold up those today that are out sick. Lord, there's a number of of, of the body that is out sick today. And, and Lord, we are getting so sick and tired of this sickness that just keeps rolling through. So Lord God, we stand against that and we, we ask for your healing. We ask for your healing upon our nation, upon, upon our state, upon this community, Lord God. But ultimately, Lord God, we turn to you and you alone because only you are worthy of worship. Lord God, we know that as we make that step, when we initiate um, our actions to draw near to you, you are faithfully always there. It's what we can always count on. So Lord, once again, be lifted high today. Be glorified in this house. And Lord God, help us to open up our ears and open up our hearts for the rest of what we have today. Lord God, we have expectation and excitement today that you're going to speak to us, that you're going to show us, that you're going to challenge us, that you're going to convict us. And Lord, we welcome each and every one of those things. So Jesus, in your name, be lifted high. And we pray this in that mighty and awesome name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. If you agree with that, just shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Oh, how'd you like that, that worship selection today? That was good, wasn't it? Um, yeah, those, those were, uh, it's hard to believe that those were 20-year-old songs because we know them and there's such depth in those. And, and uh, I just thought, man, it would be, it would be a fun morning to do do some of these retro songs and some of you guys in here are like what do you mean retro <laughs> i don't know what that means retro um but those are good there's a lot of depth there and we're going to incorporate those we're going to continue and, and one sunday well i was talking to jen one sunday coming up we'll probably just do hymns we'll do a sunday full of hymns because there's some power in the hymns and we're just going to keep things switched up and and there's nothing i'm not against um the the current music and the current worship music, there's some really good stuff. There's some questionable stuff. And that's, that's always, but man, we can't, 
we can't not do some of this old stuff. So good, so good. And we'll end, we'll end with some of that stuff as well. Kids, I'm going to dismiss you guys. Kids, you guys can head on down. Um, kids and adult leaders, how exciting. We got a new adult leader headed down there. It's going to be awesome. Um, that girl needs to go. Put them shoes on. You see, Charlie, where's Charlie? They're out there praying. I'm just, Charlie never has shoes on and it's catching. Now my daughter doesn't have shoes. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's what makes a house a home once again. Let's run through some quick announcements just so you guys know what's coming up and we're all on the same page. First off, ladies have a new Bible study starting this week. Georgie's ordering the books today, so she needs to know. So grab her. Um, well, grab her. You can grab her. Just grab, grab her gently. Um, and just tell her if you're going to do it or not. It's going to be awesome. Um, the ladies on Tuesday nights, they meet here in the foyer. We use that the big TV out there and, and all that stuff. It's great. But uh, if you're wanting to go a little deeper, if you're wanting to learn more, if you're wanting more connection, then you have no reason not to, to jump into this. Wouldn't you say that, Georgie? It's a great time of connection, but also learning and fellowship and all that. So ladies, make sure you get signed up for that. And then this is not in the bulletin. It wasn't in the Thursday email because I, I God was just throwing stuff at me and I didn't I didn't do it yet, um, but then it was like, uh, it was Thursday morning. God just really confirmed that we need to, to have a, a, a night of worship, prayer, and healing. Um, how that's going to look totally, I don't know. We're going to let the Holy Spirit dictate and guide us in that. But what we're going to do is we're going to gather here on uh, February 17th. That's a Friday night. That is the day after Amy's 30th birthday. Um, it's awesome. So 7 o'clock, just come here. Dave's going to lead us in some real intimate acoustic worship. And then we're just going to, we're going to gather. We're going to, yeah, we're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to pray individually. We're going to pray for each other. But I really, the big thing is I felt the Holy Spirit saying, we need a time of healing. We just need a designated time of healing. There's people in here that are that have some physical stuff. Let's let's take it before the Lord. There's people in here who have some emotional stuff. Let's take it before the Lord. There's people in our lives that have spiritual stuff. Let's take that and let's just give it to the Lord. I don't know what he is going to do, but I have an excitement and some anticipation that he's going to do something truly amazing. Um, he wants to do it. He wants to do it in this community. So this is in no way a, a bridge assembly exclusive thing. So if you got people that, that are in need, get them here. Just get them here. Um, please just get them here and let's come together as a body and, and seek the Lord. Amen. So that's that's Friday, February 17th. We'll start right at 7. And just like the last prayer we had a month ago, be prepared when you come in, right? You know, if you guys would join with me leading up to this um, in fasting and praying for for however this is uh, going to look and take place, just, just let's get prepared for that. And then when we walk in here at 7 o'clock, it's not, not a time for conversation or socializing or anything. We just want to come in and really dedicate this time to the Lord and, and let's just watch 
Watch what happens. And then lastly, um, we have our annual business meeting and everybody said, Yahoo! That's going to be Sunday, February 26th. We're doing it the 26th of February because it'll go in conjunction with our last Sundays. If you guys don't know what our last Sundays is, the last Sunday of every month we have a potluck downstairs. It's a great time for connection and everything. So we'll just do that all together. So on the 26th, we'll do service the way we always do service. We'll go downstairs. We'll enjoy each other. We'll eat way too much. We'll cram those desserts in. We'll be so tired. But then we'll come up here and we'll do the annual business meeting. We do have... um, three seats that we need to fill on the board. Um, so we will have an election, three different elections, and then we'll just, you know, we'll do the, do the normal thing. I don't think that our business meetings are very bad. <laughs> and I say that because I've been in some bad church business meetings. Man, we just, we, we do what we need to do, but it's, it's all about rejoicing and, and celebrating what, what God has done. And then finally on the table back there, there's some abortion and we'll just say legislation that that is coming up um, since we live in this town that's a capital town and everything. There's petitions back there to sign. There's three different ones. Um, You can read briefly at the top of what those are about, but I will say this, those petitions very much hold to Christian beliefs and attitudes. And the fact that certain things have to go before legislation is disheartening in a way because our society is that messed up. But uh, um, there's some stuff, man, we got to make our voices heard. And one of those ways to make our voices heard is get your name on those petitions. Just sign it. Um, It's just print your name, sign your name, and check are you for this or are you against this. It's a great thing. And then those will be presented and kind of make our thoughts and our opinions heard. I mean, you guys know as a Christian, you, you are under really a mandate to make your thoughts and your opinions heard, right? It's called the Great Commission, things like that. Um, and that being said, we're going to talk a lot more about that next week. The title of next week's message is Sharing is Daring. Um, and it's going to be a great, great um, message. We're just going to go through 10 things. Ten things that help us to, to share our faith with those that are around us. So if you've, you've ever struggled with sharing your faith with those around you or strangers on the street or anything like that, next, next Sunday is going to be a great, a great message for that. Just steps, it's just reminders. It's almost God gives us permission to brag about Him and we need to be doing that. Amen? So who's going to be here next week? Everybody's going to be here next week. Who's going to be here a little bit earlier next week? Because the copy shop is rocking. And, and, uh, and we want the workers to be able to, to get done so they can come into service and everything. But, but we don't want you guys to wait. And like, man, 9 o'clock. Get here at 9 o'clock. People love talk talk to each other. Get your coffee drinks. Get hopped up. Get wired up on caffeine. Get ready for service. Man, it's just so great when it's so much louder in here. It's like you guys, your ears are buzzing because you got so much caffeine in you. Amen to that, right? Not really. Not really. Not at all. Giving. Three way, four ways to give. Like always, you can give online at bridgehelena.com. You can text to give 84321. 
the good old-fashioned awesome giving boxes that are so great there in the back of the sanctuary out in the foyer and then of course you can always mail it to 725 granite avenue you can do any one of those things in the you know i i love on sunday mornings when i'm here and i i i pretty much get mugged because people want to talk about what God's doing in their life and what he's done in the last couple of days and man what God did this week and what what God's done since the prayer challenge that we have and I love it when people just grab me and they want to talk about that and it's so it's so amazing and it's just it's like man we're in a live church we're we're moving we're doing things that we need to be doing and it just blesses my heart when I get to hear those testimonies and and really one of those testimonies was from somebody who's never really given regularly before and they're like man God's telling me that I need to start giving regular and it's like praise the Lord and I said you are you are going to see some things that you can't even imagine and it's because of your faithfulness it's because you're and God tells us to test him with our finances and with our giving. And I was just so excited that, 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 that we're getting to that place, man. We're all, we're all just, we're continually growing and it, and it just excites me so much. With that being said, I go on all day about that, but that's not what today's message is about. So let's, let's transition. Let's get into today's message. Um, I ask for you guys just to, just to settle yourselves, just to quiet all the voices the distractions that are going to try to come in, stand against those. Father, as we seek your word, as we, as we long for your teaching and your message, Lord God, prepare us. Prepare us so that this isn't a wasted time. Prepare us that, that we may receive what you have for us. Holy Spirit, within each one of us, allow that conviction and that challenge and that confirmation, allow all of those things to filter in. Lord God, give us the courage and the boldness not to run from those things and to tune those things out or to point fingers at other people and say, Lord, they need to hear this. When all too often it's us that needs to hear it. So Holy Spirit, prepare us. Ready us. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak everything that you have for me to speak and nothing that you don't. And once again, like always, and I truly pray this from my heart. Don't let anybody leave this place today the same way that they came in. If they've got baggage, let them leave it. If they need answers, let them get it. If they're broken, let them be made whole. If they're in bondage, let them be freed. Lord God, we seek you collectively as a body of believers today. And we expect big things with anticipation and excitement, Lord. Be glorified, Jesus, in this place. We pray this in your name, and everybody shouted out. Amen. Amen. Well, today, today it's personal. It's personal. In your Bibles, please turn with me and underline this verse. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. Um, whatever version you have, underline it. Um, revisit it. It's, it's a great, great verse. It's Hebrews 2.1. It says this, For this reason, that is because of God's final revelation in His Son, Jesus, and because of Jesus' superiority to the angels, we must pay much close attention, closer attention than ever 
to the things that we have heard so that we do not in any way drift away from truth. I mean, you guys can say amen to that. How relevant is this passage to us today? We must pay much closer attention than ever before to the things that we have heard. How many of you guys understand that? How many of you guys believe that? That we're living in a time where there's so much deception that's not only in the world, but coming against and into the church so that we need to pay much closer attention than ever before. So that's saying tomorrow, tomorrow you need to be in your word. Tomorrow you need to be in your word paying much closer attention because the deception is rampant. See, this is a great reminder to be diligent and in the Word. My hope today is really the hope that I have every Sunday is that you're challenged. Maybe challenged in your thinking today. Maybe challenged in your past, right? Sometimes we need to be challenged in our past because we're stuck in our past or we're continually being hurt from our past. Maybe it's challenged in how you express yourself, right? Maybe because of past experiences you, you hold back and you don't want to express yourself to others, but not even to God. Maybe challenging, maybe you'll be challenged in the depth and the quality of relationships that you have with, with others, right? I think sometimes, especially post-COVID, we need to step back and relook at um, our relationships with, with other people and, and how that affected us. We need to admit to that, but we need to say we're not going to live there, right? So sometimes we need to be challenged in those relationships. And, and maybe, just maybe even how, maybe you'll be challenged in how you see your relationship with Jesus himself. And I say that simply because... When it comes to our relationship with Jesus, it can be all over the place. Each person can have a very different idea or mindset of how that should look or how that does look to each one of them. And we need to do this. We need to accept those challenges because we don't want to allow anything at all to cause us to, to drift away from truth. Amen? How yeah. I many of you guys know truth is the solid rock? Right? It's Jesus' word. Jesus is the word. Jesus, Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness through his words. Man, Jesus knows the Bible backwards and forwards, and he still chose to speak the word. So we need to understand that truth. We need to be diligent. We need to be in our scriptures. All this sound a little intriguing, right, with the challenge. How many of you guys in here up for a challenge? Let's see some hands. Some of you guys are. Others of you didn't have enough coffee. It's okay. We're gonna, you're going to get challenged anyway. But the effect and the impact of this message today really depends upon each, each one of you. It's going to depend upon you and your decision to allow the Holy Spirit to challenge. Or you can simply just kind of coast through the next few minutes and get out of church as quickly and easily, kind of escape unscathed or unchallenged. That's your choice. That's your choice. I would, I would encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to challenge you. So let's, let's jump in and, and let's get started. We're going to start out in Psalms. We're going to look at Psalms 145, just, just verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. What a great passage. Do you guys believe that? Can you guys sit in here and say, I, I believe that? I, I truly 
I truly believe that. I, I truly believe the Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. And, and that's not always me, but, but I believe in that truth because we need to get to that place. See, the word here for, for near, the, the original word here for near means near in place. So the Lord is near in place, right? He is where you're at. No matter where you go, he is near to you. But it also means near in time. So it's not like, um, Lord, can I get on your schedule? Because I want to be near to you in your next opening. That's, that's not it. He's near to us always in place and in time. But it also means that he is near in relationship. God wants to be close to us. He's not, he's not a, we're, we're not deists here where we believe that God exists, but he put this plan into, into process and then he stepped back and, and withdrew from us and we can't get close to him. So we can get close to him. We can get near to him in relationship anytime and any place. What a great place to be. And now obviously you've all heard this saying, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Anybody in here not hear that saying? We know this. We know this from the start, don't we? We've heard this. We've heard it over and over and over. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But have you ever wondered, what does that even mean? I mean, be honest. What does that even mean? Because... Because we're talking about Jesus. I can't, I can't physically go and hang out with Jesus. It takes faith to believe in Jesus. It takes truth of the Bible. It takes understanding. It takes, it takes a lot of things within me. It takes surrender within me to get close to Jesus. So to say we need a personal relationship with Jesus can be a little bit more abstract than to say, hey, everybody in here, you all need a personal relationship with Charmaine. It's like, man, I'll... I can, I'll go talk to her, and you do. You absolutely do. Change your life, personal relationship with Charmaine. But that's doable, that's understandable, that's relatable. Sometimes when we hear that statement, we need a personal relationship with Jesus, it's so big, it's so vast. It's so hard to understand that. See, it doesn't necessarily sound like a deep theologic statement, does it? Yet it undeniably is. But it also isn't an instructive statement into how to actually have a personal relationship with Jesus and how that looks. And here are the, here's the thing. If not careful, if we're not careful as a church, as Christians, as a body, we can do a disservice to the people who are around us. Because as a believer, especially somebody newer in Christ, we can sometimes try to fit in a little too much when it comes to our faith, right? Because we want to be a part of this, this thing we call faith. We want to be a part of the church, but, but sometimes we don't exactly know how that looks. And sometimes we can accidentally create an environment where it makes it very hard for people to ask how that, af how that actually looks because because after all none of us none of us want to to seem biblically or spiritually illiterate do we and there's a disservice when the church um 
through their excitement pr produce that. So though most everyone here knows that we, in fact, do need to have a personal relationship with Jesus, maybe not all of us in here today knows the depth of what that actually looks like, what that actually means. See, when it comes to Christianese, you guys know what Christianese is? Christianese is our own little language, and we like to, the atoning work of the cross, redemption. Um, we, we say these different words, and, and we in here may know those words, but when we step out of this building into a community that's never experienced Jesus, it's never experienced church, and we start using this Christianese, it, it's like Chinese or, or Russian or German or anything else. They're going like, I have no idea what you're saying, but I don't want to look illiterate, so I'll just go along with that. We've got to be, be careful with that. This, this saying, you need a personal relationship with Jesus, it's going to be one of the top five Christianese sayings. See, this saying was initially used to convey a great truth about God and, and reflect his amazing attributes, and I, and I love that. See, we have a Savior that desires to not only redeem us from sin, that not only wants us to replace life in him, where only death had previously existed. He wants to open up heaven for us for all eternity. Amen. He is also someone who wants to have a close and intimate and authentic relationship with each one of us. That's the truth. That's the truth of the gospel. So in our excitement and in our willingness and in, 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 in our desire to, to please Jesus and to testify what he has done into, in our lives and, and all his works, we tell people, you just need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But we need to step back a minute and maybe evaluate this saying. We need to evaluate it in light of Scripture because we need that foundation of truth. Amen? We need to evaluate in our own... We need to evaluate this, this, this uh, passage in our own life because how you perceive or how you are taught about relationships can affect how you personally apply this principle. Wouldn't you agree? See, if your definition of, of a relationship or a personal relationship um, has been formed, possibly out of hurt, possibly out of an amazing upbringing and in a great family, see, those can have different implications. We need to evaluate it in terms, um, really, of the changing culture that we live in. Right, this idea of a personal relationship, because I'll tell you this, the world today and its ideologies of, of the time that we're living in, it sees things very different than a born-again believer whose faith is in Jesus Christ, right? So what a personal relationship to a Christian born-again believer, can you understand that that can be very different than what a personal relationship to somebody maybe living in a sexual sin or a sin of identity or, or, or wrapped up in something like that. There's, there's differences here. And I believe God wants to get us kind of a little bit on the same page so that when we share our faith into this community, it can carry more weight. What I'm wondering today is, is this. Has our exposure 
to certain Christian sayings caused us to lose sight of the depth that those sayings were initially created to reflect. If not careful, if not diligent to the word and good theology, I, I think it can. I think it can just be something that we say in passing. We hear it so often that it loses a lot of its meaning. And I think it happens all the time. And I think we not only do ourselves a disservice, but we also make ourselves ineffective when we approach the topic of Christ and Christianity with others. We're simply telling them, you need a personal relationship with Jesus. What if they're going through a horrible time? What if they're so steeped in sin that they don't see any way out? And what if they're just so hopeless that they're, they're contemplating ending their own life? And we flippantly say, well, all you need is a personal relationship with Jesus. And they're saying, I don't even know what that means. Because I don't even know what a personal relationship with anybody in a healthy way actually looks like. So in terms of the statement, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. There is great truth and solid theology that comes together in a beautiful and relatable concept that we can and must apply into our own faith. However, without the depth, the depth of Scripture, the depth of God's truth, we open up ourselves for a, a somewhat surface and maybe a false relationship as we open ourselves to some potentially inaccurate ideas about the Father, about Jesus, about the necessity of the sacrifice, and about the function of His church, we have to ground ourselves upon that truth so we don't get stuck in those things. We're all going to have questions from time to time, some weird out of the well, the galaxy questions about our faith and about all that. We need to go back to Scripture in that. We need to ground ourselves in that so that we are founded upon His rock. So this is really important. Maybe the first challenge we accept today is simply asking the question, what, Lord God, what does a personal relationship even mean? And please understand that the, uh, the intent here today is not to cause you to question your relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Rather, it is to help you deepen that relationship. So let's look at some scriptures here, um, and really let's check them out to establish God's truth. John 15, 15 is our first one. I do not call you servants any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you my friends because I have revealed to you everything that I have heard from my father. Did you know that God, creator of all things, the one who has total and complete authority over all things has every right and every ability to call you whatever he wants. Did you know that? We need to get this lordship thing in order here. He is the Lord of all. He is above all things. So he has every right to call us whatever he wants. And yet, in these words from Jesus himself, he affirms to us that he desires to call us his friends. 
Oh, how amazing is that? He wants to call us his friends. And because he's going to call us his friends, he is going to reveal to us everything, every single thing that his father says. Because of Jesus, there is no longer a sin separation between the father and us. The love of the Father sent the Son, and the sacrifice of the Son reestablished our relationship with the Father. We have, we have reestablished that completion that was severed in the Garden of Eden. And that allows us to be invited and counted as a friend of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but for most of us, we have different types of relationships in our life, right? There are acquaintances, right? We all have those acquaintances. We'll see them out. Maybe we'll see them at the store and we're like, oh, hey, we'll kind of nod. Because we recognize them, there's, there's some sort of an acquaintance there. Then there's our neighbors, right? Sometimes our neighbors are just like, hey, we live next to each other, so we know each other. And that's really the depth of that relationship. There are, there are co-workers, right? And sometimes you're closer to some co-workers and not as close to others, but you're co-workers, right? There's a relationship where there, there are casual or the occasional relationships. Yeah, we get together maybe once every six months and hang out. It's casual. It's occasional. There are those who you would call a friend. It's beyond those relationships, right? And, and with that comes a desire to spend time with that person or those people that you call friends. But then there are those that are even closer than friends. It's those people you allow really into your inner circle, right? And we don't have a lot of those people, but we allow them into our inner circle. You can confide in them. You can share the deep stuff with them. You can even come to them with the hard stuff because they're your friends. They're your deep friends. See, there's a trust there. There's a safety there in that kind of friendship. And if you don't have that kind of friendship, you need that kind of friendship. There's a kind of... See, that's the kind of friend that, that Jesus is. That's the kind of friend He wants to be with us. But I would say this even more so. Even more than your best friend, your closest friend, Jesus, Jesus wants a relationship with you that's even deeper than that. It's personal. He desires that we do not simply know about Him. Right? That's a big mistake. If, we, if, if our whole um, faith, if our whole walk is based about knowing about Jesus, you're missing it. Because Jesus says, I want you to know about me, but even more so, I want you to know me. To know him is of paramount importance when it comes to being a friend or having a personal relationship with Jesus. So it's awful easy just to say, well, yes, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. It can be a lot harder to explain and articulate and truly understand and exercise what that actually is. Look at John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true supreme and sovereign God, and in the same manner known Jesus as the Christ whom 
you have sent. So a personal relationship with Jesus will always, it will always attest to the truth of who God is as found in Scripture. This is so important. This is so important. And how we, as God's creation, are to exist in Him, in His truth, and in His love. See, see, if we try to have a personal relationship with Jesus that is outside the truth of Scripture, how can that be a true and personal relationship with Jesus if it runs contrary to the truth of Scripture? And that's what's so dangerous right now. And that's what we're seeing right now. We have so many people that are telling us who Jesus is and, and how He acts and, and, and what He wants and what He even allows. But it runs contrary to the truth of Scripture. So I'm saying that's not a personal relationship with Jesus, but rather that's a confused, misleading, mistaken, false relationship with who somebody says Jesus is. We got to get personal. We got to understand who Jesus is ourselves. And what's the best way to do that? It's getting in his word. Because we can't get in his word. His word is alive. See, that book is alive. So when we get into his book and it's alive and we begin to read his scripture and the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate it and it becomes just even more, oh, it's appealing, it's appetizing. We want to eat that word, man. We're going, we're, it's deep. We're getting revelation. It's the same words. We just have never been to a place where we can accept those words. Let me tell you, you're going to draw near to Jesus in a holy way. And that's going to be incredibly personal. See, we've got to always include the truth of Scripture with our personal relationship. And this is where, where we do need to be very careful. Because what a personal relationship is to you, or how it has been defined by this world or past experiences to you can get in here and it can completely mess things up. Check this out. So the question can never be, what does a personal relationship with Jesus look like to me? It has to be, how does God define and describe a personal relationship with Jesus? It's God who describes it. It's God who defines it. See, when I take it upon myself to define what my personal relationship with Jesus should look like, I'm defining it. I am now the one who decides and describes those things that I want and I tend to avoid those things I don't want. No, I don't want that in my personal relationship. That whole conviction thing, that whole having to like be righteous and be like Jesus thing, I don't really want that. I really like the Santa Claus warm fuzzy Jesus over here, though. That personal, personal thing where he gives me everything I want. That's my person. We can't do that. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ is defined by the Father. Right. And it's found in the Word. Let's just take an example here. Personal, personal to me, personal to me could mean private, right? Personal, private, I could, I could interchange those words. 
In this, I can now justify a private relationship with Jesus that may never compel me to display or share my faith, right? Oh, it's my personal faith. Oh, this is just my personal faith. I don't want to I don't want to make anybody angry. So this is my personal slash my private faith. If I'm not careful, my church becomes going into the mountains by myself because after all, that's where I feel closest to God. Right? It's private. It's my private relationship. I'm not really a people person anyway. In fact, I don't even like people. I don't even like organized religion. So my faith is my faith. It's private. Leave me alone. But I look at 1 Corinthians 12. 12.12 12. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts through many form only one body, so it is with Christ. So I've come to this conclusion based on the truth in Scripture that personal must also mean part of. Not everybody's going to like me after this message gets done. But that's the truth of Scripture. Personal. Personal. It has to mean part of. Now we could look at a different definition of personal. See, personal to me could mean individualistic. Individual. So I go to church and I have salt of the earth good Christian friends on the surface. My faith is individual. It's individually my own. It's all up to me because I have isolated myself from the community of believers that, by the way, Jesus calls us to be a part of and in unity with. Yet because of whatever reasons, I have isolated myself. See, I am my own person, living my own faith. So butt out. But look at John 17. John 17, 11. I am no longer in the world, yet they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are, Right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they are one. And Jesus' desire is that we are one, one body. So maybe this idea or concept of having a personal relationship with Jesus means that part of the personal relationship with Him is revealed through or experienced in our relationship with others, a relationship in the body, a relationship with the church. And no one said, y'all ought to be yelling out, Amen. Amen. Why do you think we have things like last Sundays? Why do you think we try to do things that offer up connection? Why do you think we try to have a new coffee place so you can come early, not only to get a coffee drink, you can get a coffee drink anywhere. You come here because it's connection. It's being around other believers. Because after all, all those who call upon the name of Christ are born again into Christ and subsequently into His body or into His church. 
So maybe we shouldn't try to have a personal relationship with Jesus apart from a personal relationship with his church. Yeah, it got quiet there. It got because we all want we all want our own relationship with Jesus and we want it private. We want it individualistic. And do Pastor, are you actually saying I need to be a part of a church? That I need to hang out with other Christians? That I need to come early and, and stay late and go to the potlucks and do the things that you do when it's outside and go on mission trips and, and do Bible studies and small groups? Pastor, are you saying that part of my personal relationship with Jesus involves those things? No. But the Word is saying that. The truth of Scripture is saying that, and I'm only affirming it. Don't say, wow, that Jason boy, he's got some great revelation. We need to be all together. No, I don't. I got nothing. I'm just a person up here affirming what Scripture says. Now understand that salvation in itself is an individual decision, right? My sins are between me and Jesus. I have to go to Him. I can't simply come to a church, never have a relationship with Jesus, and expect to, to, to be saved, right? To, to go to heaven. Because I have to take that upon myself. I need to get before Jesus. It's just me and Him. I need to confess my sins. I need to believe that He is the Son of God and that He is my Lord and Savior. And, and I just need to, to, to admit to the world that I am now a born-again believer. That's, that's my decision. That's, that's the decision I, I, I need to make on my own. However... Our walk, our walk is never meant to be alone. Our walk is never meant to be solitary. We are never meant to be. There is no such thing in the scriptures as a lone ranger, a lone wolf Christian, one that goes off by himself. In fact, the the word says that, that the enemy prowls around like a lion, like a young lion. Man, he's seeking for people to devour. Lions devour game, prey that is apart from the main herd. Look at Matthew 22, 37 and 40. You guys all know this. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. See, I think we can understand a personal relationship with Jesus is meant to be both a decision on my part as well as a desire to function as part of the body. We cannot, nor should we try to separate these two things. See, there's too many people that try to, 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 to separate the great commandment. No, I love Jesus. I just don't like people so much. Right? It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. we got to say, man, I love Jesus and I love His church. I love Jesus and I love His bride. That's us, the church. I love Jesus and I love the Christians that are in my church. Some of them are a little different. Some of them are a little crazy. They're a little kooky, but I love them because Jesus, this is your plan. We, you want us to be in you individually and collectively. 
So I'm saying church is pretty important. A good, solid, biblical church is pretty important. See, I think we try to separate these two things because of, of hurts. I mean, you guys have been hurt by a church. Oh, I've been hurt by a church. I, I was hurt by a church so bad, several years later I did it again. And it was terrible the second time as much. And, 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 and I brought those hurts and said, man, I don't want to have a church that, that produces those type of hurts. I want to be truthful. I want to be biblical. I want to be connective. But some of us carry these past hurts. And maybe it's not a church hurt at all. Maybe it's just a relationship hurt. Maybe it's a, how you were raised. Maybe there was hurts that were put on you from parents or grandparents or siblings. And you're, you're carrying those hurts. And you, you don't want to trust anybody. And you don't want to allow anybody in. So our past hurts can affect us. So can our past experiences or, or our past teachings. Right? Maybe you sat in a church and the teachings were a little bit off and you're still carrying those teachings. Or, or maybe it was just a general lack of sound teaching and a general lack of, of knowledge. See, too often we see faulty foundations in our churches and our Christian communities and that produces an aftershock and it keeps people from truly having a personal relationship with Jesus, which includes His church, because of those past experiences, bad teachings, and hurts. See, on one hand, in our fervency for the Bible, we can alienate ourselves from the body of Christ. Man, I, I'll go home and read my Bible 24-7, but I don't think I really need to be around fellow believers. And, and then on the other hand, our desire for connection and friendship can sometimes crowd Jesus out of the whole thing, right? No, I go to church because I know somebody there and that's the only contact I get through, through the whole week. Well, what about Jesus? Well, I'm not really there for Jesus. I'm there for friendship and connection. See, on one side, there's a hollow religion and on the other side, there's a social club, neither of which are Christ's example or desire and both of which which miss, miss the point and, and leave out the leading of the Holy Spirit and the truth of Scripture, I would say this. I would say that Bridge is absolutely a church that promotes connection. Okay? I, I totally believe that. And, and I would say Bridge is absolutely a church that stands on biblical truth and Scripture. Right? So, so when these two things come together, a, a personal relationship can follow. That means that, that though we have deep connection and friendship, that means that there also has to be discipline when there needs to be discipline, right? There needs to be conviction. There needs to be truth that is spoken to set people straight, right? Because ultimately the truth sets them free so that they are able to come into relationship. Amen? Amen. Come into a relationship first with Jesus. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And then with others. And then with His church. It's what's supposed to happen. It's what needs to happen. You know, in, in the underground church in China, man, 
you could just say, hey, all these people in China, can't they just come to Jesus on their own and be good? Man, the one thing that they long for more than, than all things is the relationship with Jesus and to be a part of the church. And see, they're doing this under penalty of imprisonment, persecution, and death. But they understand that they need to be with each other. They understand that that's part of their personal relationship with Jesus. So we need both an understanding of what we're talking about today, but we also need to exercise what we're talking about today. We need to know what we believe, and we need to live out that belief. We need to do it privately as well as publicly, and that becomes personal. That becomes our personal identity. The reality of Jesus in our life only comes in the personal perspective we gain by spending time in his presence. And we spend time in his presence both alone and together with other believers. Man, how many times I, I'll get certain weeks and it's like pretty much every day of the week I get into a, a relatively deep conversation one-on-one with somebody. So Tuesday, I had somebody come in to the office, and we had a relatively incredibly deep conversation. And you know what? It attested to God. It was exciting. It attested to his faithfulness. It attested to his ability to, to hold people in his hand, to set them free, and to get them to an amazing place in their life. That was Tuesday. And then Wednesday, I get a phone call. Hey, you in the office? It's okay if I stop by. And I'm always going to be like, man, if I'm here, stop by. What I'm doing can wait. And this person stopped by, and they're just like, man. They just had question after question. And it wasn't like question. It was hey, I'm going to throw these questions out so we can have a deeper conversation of the truth of Jesus and his personality and how he needs to be personal within our lives. It was a great conversation, man. And I, I don't even know. Minutes, hours, who knows? I mean, these are long conversations. And then Thursday, I had somebody call it and say, hey, you want to go grab lunch? Ah, lunch? Yeah, let's go grab lunch. And we went and grabbed lunch, and I don't know how long we spent there um, eating tacos and chips and salsa. There's tacos again. It's true. We had tacos. And we just had this great conversation, and, and, and it was a, you know those conversations, they just feed off each other, and the excitement level just starts going, and they say something, and it's like, oh, I'm so excited. And then you say something, and they get all excited, and you get done, and it's like, you're shaking. It's better than... 20 espresso drinks, you're just like, man, because it's the Holy Spirit cappuccino, and man, the Holy Spirit is there, and, it, and, and then we get done in the restaurant, and then it bleeds over, and then we're standing in the parking lot talking about Jesus and things like that. Man, it's edifying, right? Now, can I get that same um, interaction in, in my personal prayer time by myself? Absolutely, I can. But I also have to understand that it's important to do this other as well. Man, when you get in conversations that point to Jesus, two or three are gathered, right? Two or three are gathered and Jesus is there too and it just explodes. It's great. So my personal relationship grew because I had public conversations with other people, right? 
How many of you guys get done? How many of you guys, honestly, how many of you guys have terrible Sunday mornings? Right? Everything goes wrong on a Sunday morning. If you have kids, if you remember having kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, you wake up, it's like, man, why'd you cut your hair last night? Why did you outgrow your clothes? You got to wear sweats today. Oh my gosh, the car won't start. And, and everybody's arguing. What are we going to do after church? Where are we going to sit? If you don't hurry up, we're going to be late. And it's just this, oh, oh, oh. And then you get to, that's why Amy and I always drive separate. It's so much, it's so much better. Pastors, and they always drive separate. It's just the way it is. But then we get to church. And we might go in and grab a coffee, and there's people there. And they say, hey, how's it going? And there's other people mugging you saying, let me tell you what Jesus did this week. <laughs> and it's contagious, right? And that's before church even starts. And then you come in, and it's like, man, they're doing all 20-year-old songs today. That's pretty cool. And, and we start worshiping together, and something starts changing, right? right? Our personal relationship is being expressed in a public way. And we're getting strengthened in that. We're getting edified in that. And, and we worship together. And then, and then the pastor gets up there. And, and man, you just pray, Lord, help them to have a longer message today because they're never long enough. We want more. And then we pray and we laugh together and people in the back shout out amen. And, and then we have altar time. We get altar time and we can come up. We can pray with each other. We can exalt God. We can worship God together at the end. And then we go to leave. And Amy and I know this more than anyone in here. You guys aren't a group of people that just like to leave church when it's over. You like to hang out. You like to talk. You like to hug on each other. You like to talk about what's coming up this week. You know, you just, it continues. And though you might have drug in here this, this morning, Sunday morning was hard. It was terrible getting up. It was all conflict. You're now leaving very differently. That's why I pray don't let anybody leave here the same way that they came in. Allow their personal relationship to be strengthened through this public expression, right? To, to, to understand and to know that you're a part of a body. You're a part of the body, the bride, the believing church in Jesus. How amazing is that? There is nothing in this world that can tarnish that. It's what we need to live. We need to walk in every single day. Honestly, I'll go, man, I'll go throughout the week. I'll go and I'll work out. And I'll see people from this church working out. And we get to talk a little bit more. Now it's not just a physical workout. Now we're talking about Jesus. And it builds me up. So we have to understand that we are to spend time alone in His presence. And we get fed and, and through His Word and we get fed in that. But we also need to spend time together with other believers. See, a powerful church is a personal church that is near Christ. I'll say it again. A powerful church is a personal church that is near Christ. And I said powerful. I said powerful. I didn't say large. I didn't say hip. I didn't say happening. I didn't say successful as defined by a business model. I didn't say any of those things because that in itself is real easy to fall into those kind of ways to measure our success, right? See, it's easily, it's easy to create our own religious experience or our own Christian standards 
And every time we do that, we fall short. See, we fabricate something that will never be enough because it can never measure up to the true experience, the personal experience Jesus is calling us into and something that sometimes has to be that personal experience. It can be a little scary. Telling you what, man, I was scared when we first started going to church. It's like, wow, these guys are wacko. <laughs> Seriously, what is going on here? And then we didn't go back for a couple of weeks. But something said, no, you need to go back. And we went back. And, 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 and I'm not kidding. It's God's honest truth. I, I go to the bathroom, right? And, well, I, didn't, like, I went to the restroom, right? Just to wash my hands or something. And there's a guy in there. And, and he goes, hey, do you like to fly fish? I'm like, how did you even know that? He's like, oh, I saw the tag around your license plate said catch and release wild trout. And, and he starts forming this relationship with me based on fly fishing, right? See, it's, fly fishing's important. <laughs> it is. But up until he spoke those words, it was still a little scary to walk into that church. And I love that about our church. I'll, I'll tell you what, there's one person in here, it, it doesn't matter who the new people are, they're always going to approach them and they're going to want to talk about hunting and, and people you know and where you grew up. And I love seeing that person do that every single Sunday because it helps it to be not as scary. And how many of you know walking into a church for the first time thinking, I need a personal relationship with Jesus, but this is confusing. What, what is this whole church thing? Why is everybody like so happy? Why are they hugging on each other? This is crazy. This isn't anything I've experienced before. It's, it's confusing. But, but that's when, when we need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Yeah, you need to know Jesus and you're starting to know Jesus. But you need to know Jesus through me too. So I need to humble myself and I need to position myself so things aren't quite as confusing and they're not so scary. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Having a personal relationship with Jesus is so much more than praying a prayer and showing up on Sunday. The whole pray the prayer. Have you prayed the prayer? Did you get them to pray the prayer? Who cares about the prayer? Who cares about that for right now? What's the relationship? Because anybody can say those words, but my Bible says you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You've got to do both things. So sometimes we're so geared into telling somebody, you need a personal relationship with Jesus, let's pray the prayer, and then we leave them, never associate with them again. And I think that pains Jesus' heart. I think he said, haven't you listened? Don't you know the great commandment, love God and love others? It's personal. It's, you're saying you need a personal relationship with Jesus, but you won't have a personal relationship with that person? How does that make any sense? It doesn't. Because it has to be personal. It's the church, you and I living and doing life together collectively because we are individually pursuing life in Jesus. Shouldn't that be our definition and our visual model of what church is? 
It's each one of us individually pursuing Jesus, and that brings us together to do life collectively. I, I, I love that. And I believe in my heart, I truly believe this is exactly what those outside the church are longing for. They're longing for Jesus and they're longing for a connection with his church. Even if they cannot articulate that, or even if they won't admit to it, that's what they want because the love of the Father is undeniable. So let's remember this and let's apply to ourselves, to our church, and even to our community that personal means intimate. Personal means beautiful. Personal means powerful. Personal means life-altering. Personal means connection. How many Christians can truly say that they have this type of personal relationship? And I'm talking about the depth that he wants to take us to. So what's keeping us from pressing in? What's keeping us? Past experiences, hurts, insecurities, fears, all of those things. Apathy, ignorance, right? There's a lot of ignorance out there. Damage, past damage, distractions. Oh, goodness, distractions. See, our, our, the, the enemy is full well good with saying, no, you can have your own little personal relationship with Jesus on your own. I'm just going to do whatever it takes to keep you out of church, to keep you away from the body. I'm going to give you things like recreation and work, working on Sundays and, and all these different things because he knows if he can keep us separated, he can keep us distracted. What about unforgiveness? How many of of our unforgiving hearts is keeping us from a true personal relationship with Jesus, which, remember, includes the relationship with his church. So how do you draw close? We sung that song. We're going to sing it again. Draw me close to you. It's a great song. So, so important. It's a deep song. But, but how do we draw close? Jesus, I want to draw close to you. I just don't quite know how because this is what it's all about. I could say prayer. It's prayer, yes. But it's also how we pray. Reading the Word, absolutely. But it's also how we read the Word. Worship, for sure. But it's also how we worship. Pursuing God, yes. But how do we pursue God? Loving others, yes. But how do we love others? See, there's a quality that's tied into all of these things. There's a, there's a quality that's tied into prayer, right? Flippant prayer that I just kind of mumble and get through. Very different than deep, intimate connection with God through prayer. Reading the Word, well, I'll read it because I have to. All the while you're thinking about something else. Right? Brings back biology class in high school, right? Did you read the text? Oh, yeah, I read the text. Well, what was in there? No idea. We can't treat the Bible the same way. Worship. Oh, we do worship at the beginning of, of service every Sunday. 
Maybe I'll just sit down for it. Man, we're to worship, man. Let's worship. Break out of your 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 stiffness. Yes. See, the word says we're supposed to worship in spirit and in truth. Fighting worship. Oh, I don't really like that song. Oh, I wish they'd just get how many? Oh, we're on three songs. There's usually only four. We're almost there. That's not that's not spirit and in truth, right? It just isn't. Pursuing God. Yeah, yeah, I pursue God. Kind of like saying, yes, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. What's the quality to that? How am I pursuing God? Well, I pursue Him for 50 minutes on a Sunday morning. That's my pursuit of God for the week. Maybe for the month. But that's not what God is calling us to. Loving others. Well, yeah, of course. You're a Christian. You better say you love others. Doesn't actually mean you do love others, right? You got to get to a place. There's a there's a quality in there. There's a you know we got to truly love others. Worship team, if you guys want to quietly come up, see it has everything to do with a heart desire to live in accordance with Christ's leading in a personal way. See, we got to focus on Him. And I'll guarantee you this. You focus on Jesus. You look in His Word. You pursue Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you to become a part of a body. We would love to have you a part of this body, but as long as you are a part of a biblically-based, Jesus-loving body then we're all of the same body. Look at Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You want a personal relationship with Jesus? Dive in. Dive in as deep as you can dive but don't neglect the leading of the Holy Spirit which leads you into a personal relationship with His church, right? It's crazy to even think we could separate that. Yet we try to do it all the time. Remember, you can have hollow religion on one side and a social club on the other. Jesus is saying, meet me right in the middle. Meet me in the middle. Because that's where I am as the head, and that's where my body is. Personal has to mean part of. Personal has to mean together. Now, some of you may have formed your own opinions. And I know some of you in here, you, you fight the personal relationship with other side of things, Right? And there's other you in here that are like, man, I love being around other people, but but the whole personal relationship with Jesus is so intimidating. So we're going to end today, and we're going to just invite you up. If you struggle with either of those things, if you simply want to affirm the greatness of God's plan, God the Father, His Son Jesus Christ, and truly the body that he established. Man, if you just want to affirm that, let's, let's come together. We're going we're gonna to sing, draw me close to you, and we're going to mean it. We're going to truly mean it. If somebody back there wants to drop them lights down. You see, I don't, want, I don't want the altar to ever be an intimidating place. 
It's kind of like the Christianese of the building, right? It's like we talk about the altar and the things of the altar. Altar is a beautiful, wonderful place that we should seek. It's a, it's a comfortable place. It's a, it's a place where we bask in His glory. It's a place where we, we put our arms around each other and worship together or pray for each other. Altar is where it happens. It's not the only place that it happens, but I also know this. I also know for us, for this season in this church, Holy Spirit's longing for us to spend time with Him in the altar. So as we sing this last song, I want to invite each and every person to the altar just to worship, maybe to pray, maybe to get down on your knees and say, Jesus, I've made my personal relationship something that it shouldn't be. I have, I have put the regulations and the requirements on the personal relationship, and Lord God, I repent because I have no ability to do that. Maybe you just need to come and rededicate yourself to Jesus. Man, I would love... To, to, to spend some time in prayer with you over that. What a great response time. So as I lead us in this final prayer and we begin to worship, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. It might be the hardest walk you've ever made. But join me on the altar today. And let's proclaim, affirm, worship and praise our King our Lord Jesus Christ Father what a beautiful picture of a personal relationship with your son and with your church Lord we long for that Lord if we've made it anything other than that Lord God forgive us Lord God if we've allowed past experiences or or ideas to get in the way of our personal relationship, Lord, take those away. Lord God, help us to be the church you desire us to be because we have connection with you. Jesus, minister to people right now. Holy Spirit, touch lives. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And as the altars are open, everyone shout it out. Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.